Assistants Kevin McCarthy and Blaine Forsyth will not return next season. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about how the Caps have parted ways with even more of the coaching staff, Kevin McCarthy and Blaine Forsyth will not return next season. What does that mean for the Capitals? Then we'll talk about the Hershey Bears as they make their push for the Calder Cup, and then also the Stingrays and their outstanding season. But in this episode, we are happy to have Corey Swartz of uh, Hockey Nation blog. Uh, Excuse me, uh, Hershey Nation blog. Is that the correct uh, address there? Yeah, it's Bears Hockey Nation at HBH Nation blog on Twitter. All right. Well, Corey, thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. I had big plans of getting right into the Bears, uh, but then some breaking news came out as we found out the Caps uh, are moving on from more of the coaching staff. We find out that assistants Kevin McCarthy and Blaine Forsyth will not be returning next season. It was kind of my thought the whole time that if the Caps were going to get rid of Peter Laviolette, that they should probably get a clean slate and get rid of a lot of the different assistant coaches. As we know, some of them are going to be sticking around. So when you heard the news, uh, well, let's start with the assistant coaches. What were your thoughts on the Caps moving on from the assistant assistant coaches that we mentioned here? I thought it was pretty interesting of a move. I mean, it it makes sense if they're moving on from Peter Laviolette as their head coach that, you know, a lot of his staff that would be that were alongside him. And, you know, those guys were with Washington for a very long time, too. You know, they it's it's signaling a new era for the Capitals, I think, in a lot of ways. And that, you know, they're they're going in a different direction. And, you know, it's it's interesting, not only the people that they let go, but the people they also kept in that, you know, former Hershey head coach Scott Allen still there. Um video coordinator Emily Engelnatsky is still there too. I mean, you know, there's some, some staff, you know, it, you can definitely see there's a direction they want to go in, but who they, you know, tab to take those spots, I think, you know, is going to be an interesting thing. Will they bring in a head coach who will want to bring in his own staff? Will they, you know, promote from within possibly too? And, you know, they could, you know, I be eyeing, you know, current Bears head coach Todd Nelson, depending on how the rest of this playoff run goes. Possibly they could go with the, you know, another familiar face in a Spencer Carberry as well, who, you know, we just recently heard from on the Hershey side of things that, you know, doesn't seem like it's going to be too long before he's taking the reins with an NHL team for sure. 
Yeah, some interesting moves uh, for sure. I guess for me, it's not too surprising uh, that they ended up moving on from McCarthy. As we know, he kind of came here with Peter Laviolette. The more surprising one, and I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, is Blaine Forsyth, uh, who has been associated with his team for quite some time. Uh, goes all the way back to the 08-09 uh, campaign when he started with his team. But uh, he is uh, ultimately kind of in charge of the power play. And we know that you know that has struggled this past season for the Capitals. Um, talk to me about your thoughts on Blaine Forsyth. Do you think that that was a good move that they decided to move on from him? I think it's an interesting one for sure. It's going to have a ripple down effect, you know, all the way down, depending on what direction that the Capitals decide to go in here. Because, you know, the you look at teams in the AHL, like the Bears, they try to, you know, imitate what the Capitals do and, you know, work in a similar fashion so that when players go from the AHL to the NHL level and they're on the power play, that, you know, it's a fairly seamless transition. And, you know, I actually did not know that Forsyth had been with the team as long as he had. I mean, that's, you know, an incredible tenure that he had with the Capitals. But it just further signals that, you know, hey, something wasn't working. The Capitals wanted to address it. They wanted to move on and move in a different direction. And, you know, the the focus shifts now to the future. I mean, who's going to be tabbed to take that role? And, you know, there will be a ripple down effect through the organization to, you know, kind of get up to speed with that. So I think it's going to be a fascinating change, unlike what we've ever seen, you know, coaching changes have come and gone, but, you know, to, to tackle something like this and something that's been working for so many years, you know, goes to show that it's truly a different era of Washington Capitals hockey. I think that we're going to be seeing coming up, you know, not only with players like Ovechkin, Backstrom, you know, everybody that's been associated, they're getting a little bit up there in age type of thing, but just that it may be a youth movement. It may be, you know, I won't say a rebuild, an aggressive retool is probably the right term for it, possibly, but it's just a sign of very many new things to come, I think, for the Capitals. Yeah, so some interesting moves. Uh, you know, the thing about it when I found out that Peter Laviolette, uh, you know, they tried to say it was a mutual thing, even though that Peter Laviolette was the one that kind of pushed for the meeting. And it's an interesting thing. You know, he said that I want to part ways. And then Brian McClellan goes, well, it's interesting. I want to part ways with you, too. Kind of reminds you if you're trying to break up with a girlfriend or whatever, and they're and you're telling them I want to break up with you, and they're like, "Well, funny, I wanted to break up with you too." So, um, to say it's mutual is maybe a bit of a stretch there. But what were your thoughts about the Capitals uh, parting ways, uh, or Peter Lavalette parting ways with the Capitals? However, you want to look at it. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think that was the right move? I think it was. I think anytime you have a season of underperformance, now if you're the Capitals, you can also look at things like that were out of their control, like injuries certainly played a factor, you know, just an inconsistent lineup. You know, you miss some of their key guys for so many, you know, significant periods of time. But you look at months like December where the Capitals were really rolling and they were on a, you know, quite a healthy winning streak there for quite some time. And, um, you know, it just didn't, parlay itself into a consistent finish. And like you said, I think it's, it's basically, a, it's not you, it's me type of thing. And, you know, both the capitals, like you said, it's, it's a breakup, you know, it, it just wasn't working anymore. Neither side seem interested in giving it another crack. You know, I give it to Peter Laviolette. He's a great coach. He's had success in so many different places, so many different markets. It wasn't so long ago that, you know, he was with the, you know, very immediate opponent in the Philadelphia Flyers and, you know, made a run at the Stanley cup, a couple of times over the course of just the teams he's been with. So and he's a great coach, certainly one of the best I think that you can ever hope to have, but I think it's clear that, you know, they need to be seeing other people at this point for sure. <laughs> 
And I mean, I have no doubt that Peter Laviolette will find another coaching job in the NHL if that's what he desires. And you kind of think that's the case if he's trying to sever ties. You want to think that he wants to get a jump start on his next career. You know, the, the thing that's hard for me about Peter Laviolette is he ha- he was up against it pretty much his entire time here. If it wasn't COVID, it was this season, which there was a myriad of injuries. Um, you got to kind of wonder how much better would the Capitals have, be- have been if they had Wilson, if they had Baxter, if they had Carlson all together all season I think that ultimately we would have been talking about at least a wild card spot this season um do you think there uh that you know they decided to to cut ties with him or do you think it seems kind of par for the course if you consider the last time the Capitals missed the playoffs was 2014 and uh Adam Oates was behind the bench um do you think it was uh, the right move to make I know I you know or do you think they should have given him another shot considering all the injuries that he was facing. I I do think that he maybe got dealt a poor hand in the sense that, you know, he, you know, anytime you lose a player as valuable as John Carlson, I feel like that was the injury that really kind of started sinking the capital ship a little bit. And, you know, I'm not just saying that because he's a Hershey alumni who won the Calder <laughs> cup twice in a very good era for the bears, of course. But I mean, you've seen it from watching the Capitals. I've seen it. He's just an irreplaceable part of this Caps team. You know, like it's he's a foundational player. And, you know, the Capitals were able to maneuver without Backstrom. You know, I think Wilson was probably the extra blow up front there, too. It's just, you know, you have this these core guys. And at, at times, you know, if your lineup is built around those guys, as they should be, you know, it's it's hard to really establish that identity and really have it going. For, and you could see some very, you know, distinct struggles, I think, for the Caps in the second half of the season, you know, that they just didn't have all the firepower. But like you said, they very easily could be in a wild card spot today if they had all the, had all those guys. So I don't know that it was necessarily broken, but I think it was just time for a breath of fresh air in a sense. And that, you know, you've had this, you know, and Peter Lavila had the unenviable task of coaching in some of those very difficult years. And it's hard to blame him for all of it. But I do think that he's... You know, it's just, uh, you know, erasing the whiteboard and let's give this another shot to somebody else type of thing. See, and, you know, at this point, it's a shot in the arm, I think, at this point, more than anything, to see if you can get somebody who brings in a different vibe, a different energy, maybe energizes some of the guys. I'm sure they're going to have a busy offseason in terms of picking up some new pieces to, you know, help fill out that roster and give that new coach an edge here. So I do think it's going to be an interesting one to really watch along and see, how the team, you know, is this going to be that same core is going to be here next year, right? So I think that it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to it. Is I would take that. It's almost like pulling, you know, switching goaltenders. You know, it's it should be a spark to some of these guys. And maybe some of those guys, you know, they really liked Peter Laviolette. They would have liked to see him come back and have that shot. That's going to be motivation for them to want to come back and, you know, really prove that, hey, we still got this. We can still contend for a Stanley Cup with this group here. And whoever they want to bring in, you know, getting guys like I know Carl Haglin wants to play next year and, you know, getting Connor Brown, if they are able to, you know, keep him around too. Those are two guys that were just absolute difference makers in my mind here that the Capitals were just without. So it's, it's just a retooling and a rebuilding season, I think for them, for sure. So who are your front runners for the next head coach? I know you're uh, familiar with Spencer Carberry. Um, is Would he be a good option, or do you think Todd Nelson would be a good option for you? Uh, I know I've also heard Halpern's name in there as well. Who do you think would be the next great Caps coach? 
Oh, I adore all three of those guys you just mentioned, honestly. I mean, for me, it's I, I my front runner is Spencer Carberry for it, just because, you know, I loved watching him in Hershey. He was just an inspiring guy to, you know, listen to in post-game conferences. You know, he did not mess around. He was honest. He was totally truthful with about his situation. And, you know, by all counts, he's jumped into the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs and made them better. In a lot of ways, you can say they have, you know, some great personnel and that's certainly helped as does Washington, but, you know, running their power play. I just love to see that one, two combo punch of him and Scott Allen back behind the bench together. And you'll kind of have that, you know, a little bit of a Hershey reunion. I'm a little tilted towards, you know, having that Hershey reunion <laughs> in a sense that I'd love to see, but, you know, and you got to give it to Tom Nelson. He came in here with the, you know, a task. I, I believe, you know, my favorite thing about him is that he said when he moved in here, somebody, you know, turned to him, his neighbor said, Hey, Hershey hasn't won the Calder cup in 13 years type of thing, you know? So it was his job to kind of turn that into excellence right off the bat. And he has, he's a proven guy. And I think would the very bare minimum would make a fantastic assistant coach to fill one of these voids here that's left. And, um, you know, and even with his staff, I mean, you have a lot of guys that came in with him too, that have been, you know, instrumental in, where Hershey's at right now behind the scenes here, of course, as they prepare to, you know, make a run at the Calder cup here. So I, I really don't think you can miss And Jeff Halpern, you know, what can, more can you say about a guy that's was such a veteran presence and a great guy to have in the capitals in some very difficult years for the team, you know, it was right around the time that Ovechkin was coming in was around the time when, you know, his time was done with Washington, unfortunately, but you know, he's just such a, a character guy who I think would make a fantastic head coach too. So I don't think you can miss my personal pick would be Spencer Carberry personally, but I don't think you can miss with any of those three guys. And those guys should be the front runners in my mind. Yeah. And maybe at least one of those candidates will have a better rapport with the young players. As we know, that was one of the digs on Peter Laviolette and Barry Trotz before that was their reluctance to want to push for the young guys on the team here. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the Hershey bears as they're making their push for the Calder Cup. We'll talk about that straight ahead. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on, sign up, place your first bet, and get $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals as I have some great guests lined up for you this summer. I have Roman Stubbs from the Washington Post on Thursday, so make sure and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. But in this episode, we have Corey Swartz on this episode from Bears Hockey Nation. And uh, the Hershey Bears kind of just killing it. We'll talk a little bit later about the Stingrays as well. Uh, but taking a look at the team, it was quite impressive. Just kind of, you know, obviously the Capitals didn't get the outcome they were looking for, but the Bears, the AHL affiliate killing it with the weekend's win. The Bears finished the 22-23 season with 97 points. Calder Cup playoffs after earning a first round by the club 
awaits its opponent for a best of five Atlantic Division semifinal series to start in the last week of April. As the guy that covers the Hershey Bears, how excited are you about this team making a push for the Calder Cup? Oh, I'm extremely excited. It's been a long time coming. I mean, you know, you think back to, you know, 2019-20, they got cut short. That was a really great group. Uh, even last year's group, you know, unfortunately for different differing reasons, you know, they just weren't able to get out of that. You know, um, I hate to say it's it's a tough play-in round that they had to deal with, and any team has to deal with now in the AHL with their different playoff formats now. And, uh, you know, to get the bye, I've been preaching the bye ever since they kind of instituted it, that's so important to kind of get to get to this point. And now we're, we're looking at it here. And so I think if the bears can get fully healthy, you got a shot at a long run. It's going to be really tough to get out of the division. I think that, you know, them finishing second on the last day of the season, courtesy of, you know, the Providence Bruins kind of staying neck and neck with them the whole way up there. It's going to make it a little bit of a tougher road, particularly if they go, if they go through, you know, both Charlotte and Providence, depending on how things shake out here. Those are just two buildings that, you know, Hershey has historically struggled in, both in, you know, recent time and all time. I mean, Charlotte's been, you know, almost ever since they moved from the Albany River Rats to the, you know, Bojangles Coliseum where they're at now, it's been a house of horrors for sure. So, uh, but I love the group here. It's very deep, you know. Like you said, since the Capitals got eliminated, you know, the Bears have benefited from having so many of their prospects, Alexei Protis, Joe Snively, Beck Malensteiner, just a few. Um, those guys are difference makers on this team. The Bears have, you know, four really good offensive lines with those guys in that, you know, they've all done damage and they all have all taken turns kind of carrying the load here. So I'm excited to see what you can get from those guys. Hunter Shepard, I think, is going to be the guy to go to. Up and down the lineup, there's just a lot of a lot of threat there. And you know, it's been 13 long years since the Bears last hoisted the Calder Cup. It's been too long and just excited to get back to Giant Center for a few playoff games for sure. So some big questions uh, surround uh, the Hershey Bears, most notably in that Zach Fukale and Hunter Shepard are both UFAs at the end of the season. How concerned are you about that? And, you know, obviously they'll probably sign one of them. If you were the GM, which one would you go with? Would you go with Zach Fukale? or Hunter Shepard? Oh, it's such a tough question because I love both of them so much, honestly. You know, Zach is such a, a character guy. He's a guy you love to have around. He's always, you know, chatting and he's all, you know, if you go to a game and you ever listen, you can hear him talking like almost the entire game through. But I'd really think the goalie they're going to keep is Hunter Shepard. And I say that because, you know, his stats speak for himself. He's been amongst the AHL's best goaltenders for virtually the entire season. You know, he hasn't gotten that shot with the Capitals just yet that, I think it's really coming. He's a diamond in the rough pick, you know, that really impressed in a short stint. And, you know, like, as you alluded to, you know, the Capitals have a lot of goalies in the, you know, the pipeline as they so often do, honestly. And I think Clay Stevenson is the next guy up to, you know, join Hunter Shepard as a tandem for next season. That's going to be a great pairing. Stevenson's impressed me tremendously in his short stint up in Hershey at times this season. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it's just a numbers game at this point. We saw Garen Bjorklund make his first professional start at long last over the weekend. And, you know, he's another guy that's going to need a lot of playing time, as will Mitchell Gibson, too. So the pipeline is there. I think that Shepard is the one to get a contract. And it's no disrespect at all to Zach Fucalli. He's going to land on his feet somewhere, much as Phoenix Copley did, I do believe. Um, <laughs> and get that shot. So it's it's very difficult to, you know potentially have to say goodbye to one of those guys, but we're just hoping for 
one good playoff run here to you know reward them for their strong play. It's interesting that you bring up Phoenix Copley, a guy that was always looking for his opportunity uh, in the NHL and got it, you know, a brief stint there, but was never able to find, you know, a long home up in the Capitals was always the backup, but never found a role. And then there was people even talking if he had a future in the NHL, maybe he was too old and he has gone to the Kings and killed it. Who saw that coming? I did not see that coming. I know that you cover the Bears down there, and I saw him on the Capitals. I thought that he was a pretty good goalie, but he, in a lot of ways, kind of saved that Kings season. A hundred percent. And, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, I covered the Bears, you know, last media day of the season last year. And I was, you know, we were kind of walking out, and, you know, Phoenix Copley kind of walked up to us, and he was talking to, you know, the voice of the Bears, Zach Fish, for a little bit there. And he actually took the time to shake all of our hands, even though, you know, us media folks there, even though he had no clue who I was, certainly, I think. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's one of those guys you can't help but like, you know, and he's, you know, he took that opportunity and he really ran with it. And that's the thing that's always sticks out in my mind about him was, um, something Spencer Carberry said about him during one of his post-game press conferences after a milestone win for Copley, that he was just, he's just such a mentally strong goaltender that he never gets down about him or his situation, as you alluded to, you know, kind of being the odd man out in Washington for so many years, kind of, you know, going up there and backing up for a whole season and then kind of coming back to Hershey. He always had a strong attitude about it. You know, if he had a bad game, he'd bounce back from it the next night, no questions asked type of thing. You, you know, Spencer Carberry just raved about him, honestly. And, you know, it's true. You know, you think back to the 2017 uh, Calder Cup playoffs for the Bears, if they don't trade for Phoenix Copley, it would have been a short playoff run. Now, it was kind of short, and the reason it was short is because he got injured at one point against the Providence Bruins in that run. And so, you know, I'm not surprised at all that, you know, he – impressed it was just a matter of getting that shot and you know him really running with it and getting that opportunity that really as you said saved the king's season so i'm proud of him i'm glad to see him thriving up in washington for sure i mean i'm in, i'm sorry in los angeles i love it to be in washington yeah so i mean it, it just goes to show you that sometimes you know a change uh, in zip code can be, you know, just what the doctor ordered. All right. So after the break here, we're going to talk about what Hershey player is due for a promotion and how could they potentially help the Capitals next season? We'll talk about that straight ahead. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I use literally every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus and aging, all these things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multivitamins, supplements, and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this episode, we have Corey Swartz on the show from Bears Hockey Nation. So we know that this team wants to get younger and they want to get faster. And it seems to me just by looking at stats alone that potentially there could be some players in Hershey that could help this team. Uh, one of the things that Braden Holpe said about the line between the AHL and the NHL is that it is razor fine. Um, just taking a look at stats here. Ethan Frank, 30 goals. Vecchioni here has 23 goals. And Scarbosa has 21 goals. Um, just, you know, covering this team, do you think and who do you think would be the guy that could get the promotion next season to really help out this team? I know that we've seen Hendrick Slop here. I know we've seen Connor McMichael with kind of mixed reviews. Who for you would be the guy that could help this Caps team the most next season? Well, I think there's guys that we've seen a lot already this season. Ethan Frank is a great, you know, we'll touch on him first. I mean, like you said, 30 goals. It's easier to list his most recent accolades rather than, you know, just the ones that, you know, all that he's had all this season. You know, the fastest skater broke a record in the AHL's fastest skater in the All-Star game already this season. If you want to talk about getting a speed guy, he's he's your man, honestly. He's such a fast skater. He's so good on his edges. He, you know, skates like the wind. Um, it was noticeable, but, you know, essentially from day one this season that he was just a step faster than almost anybody, you know, winning puck battles along the boards, you know, and he's got that Ovechkin like, you know, release from the top of the left circle on the power play too. So he's a special teams guy that can really factor in there as well. Probably an ideal, you know, second power play unit type of guy for the Capitals to have. But another guy you can't sleep on is Joe Snively too, who's, you know, spent his time in Washington a good bit here as well. You know, he had a great goal in the Washington season finale. It's just a taste of what he brings that, you know, he's another guy who's speedy. He's got a great shot. He's got great offensive instincts. The only two things about, you know, think about those two guys, I think kind of stands out. They're a little on the smaller side too, which, you know, is obviously a trade-off for some of that speed. But one guy that I absolutely love that I think is due for promotion is Beck Malenstein. He has completely revitalized Hershey's fourth line. And, you know, a lot of that is due to a fantastic kind of under the radar season for another Caps prospect, Riley Sutter, who is, you know, who has went from, you know, not really having a spot on the Hershey lineup night in and night out a year ago to being like a guy that you cannot possibly live without both on the penalty kill up front. I know I started talking about Beck and I immediately pivoted to, to, to Riley, of course, because they've both been great. But, you know, Beck has been, you know, he's been the same guy from day one that he is today, that he is just a hardworking, physical, you know, I believe the comparison has been made to him as to Tom Wilson as a similar player that he, you know, reminds you a lot of. And he's just always due for that clutch goal for the Bears there's been so many times in recent times where the fourth line has stepped up and gotten a key goal because, you know, Malenstein comes in on the wing, smashes a guy, takes the puck and centers it to, you know, pass an unsuspecting D man for a goal type of thing. So, you know, there's guys up and down the lineup that have made Hershey's success happen. You know, those are just a few guys. That I think if you're looking to upgrade up front, you should be looking within at those guys first. Obviously you have guys that, you know, maybe haven't had, all the time, you know, being healthy necessarily. Garrett Pilon's a guy that comes to mind that he, you know, had a high ankle sprain and missed a lot of time with, but is starting to find his own. You mentioned some of the vet guys like Vecchioni and Scarbosa. I don't know that those two guys will necessarily be the ones that Washington picks from, although Scarbosa's had that opportunity before. 
Um, it just seems like he's kind of on the teetering on the edge of being that veteran type of presence that they kind of rely on to teach some of the guys like the McMichaels, like the, you know, LaPierre's of the, the group who are not far off either. You know, mind you, of course, I know Hendricks is going through some learning curves here at the AHL level. I think it's been a good year for his development, certainly. And Connor McMichael, you can't say enough about him having a great attitude, you know, coming back from Washington and spending the majority of the season down here. He's been right back in his form that we saw him in the pandemic year before he went up. So, you know, those guys are going to be key parts of Hershey's playoff run. And, you know, anyone or all of them, I think the Capitals had the luxury of options to experiment with some of these guys. I think it's going to be a wide open battle at training camp. You can't discount Alexi Protus and what he's done this season too, at both the NHL and AHL levels as well. So they had the luxury of options. And I think the well is only going to get deeper in a sense when some more prospects, like, you know, we have some guys on hand, like Ludwig Pearson and, you know, um, Sizdalev is another one that comes to mind as a you know key guy. I think he may be due for juniors next year before he turns pro. But you know those are the next generation of Caps talents that could potentially make the NHL right off the bat too. So there's a lot to be excited about with the prospects. I think they just need to pair them with some you know strong off-season signings as they did over the summer that you know I think largely were instrumental pieces for the Caps. So there's a lot to look forward to. I think just in general. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things how I mean, do you think that uh, Connor McMichael is going to be ready next season? He seems like the guy that next season. No, next season. No, for not, not next season, but next season. And, you know, he's a very polarizing guy. If I ever bring up Connor McMichael, I hear all kinds of things on Twitter. People really uh, like Connor McMichael for the most part. Um, and, you know, the big gripe or the big complaint is he's never really had a long enough look on the caps. You know, they put him in for a game or a game or two, you know, and if he doesn't perform right away, then he is a healthy scratch again. I think he would be best served this season to get a long and healthy look. And then if he doesn't live up to potential, then maybe they would almost be better to just kind of move on from him and get a piece in here. But if they get a, a coach next season that is good with the younger players, give this guy a really good look. Don't just give him a game or two and see what he has in the tank and, and see what they have because they all you know want to go outside the organization and bring someone in when they might have the very perfect person right here, right here in the Capitals organization and Connor McMichael. Do you think he is going to be ready next season? I think he could very easily make that jump. I, he's a guy that thrives with a bigger role. I think, you know, in Hershey here, especially when, you know, when the top centers like Mike Scarbosa has been unavailable, he slots into that top line and it's seamless. You know, he's a guy that dominates the AHL level. I mean, he had a 10 game point streak that just recently came to an end here where he had an assist, a goal, you know, he was playing on a line with Joe Snively and Sam Annis, you know, two decorated scorers in their own right at this level. And, you know, I think if you get him on a strong line with that kind of chemistry, he's a guy that can really carry the offense, at least at this level. Now, of course, with the NHL, I think that part of the issue may be that he's just been playing at, you know, a role that maybe he's unfamiliar with, which is, you know, maybe a fourth line center or, you know, relying to be on, you know, more of a checking line type of thing, which is, you know, fair, unfair to the Capitals prospects. That's been the only spots where they can really slot in, right? They've had that usually insane depth that, you know, a guy like Malmstein may be more suited for that kind of playing style and that kind of role type of thing. So I do think that, you know, if they leave room for audition, I think he's a guy that can run away with an audition, right? Like it's, 
it's one of those things. He's flexible enough where I think he could play a different position if he needed to. Obviously, center is his natural spot, but you know, I think that some of it's even reflected as when you know Hershey's had some injuries and stuff. They've actually put the captain's alternate logo on his jersey as opposed to some other guys who are certainly more than qualified for it. So that kind of you know tells me a little bit that internally that you know Todd Nelson's trusting him with more not only just more playing time but more of a leadership role as well and it's something that he's growing into and I think maybe maturing a little bit as a prospect so I'd love to see him really do some damage with the Bears this spring and you know be a catalyst in that role and you know really I think the audition process for him starts right now if it hasn't already for sure so he's a guy that like you said they very well can move on from if He's not up to snuff. I mean, he's a first-round guy. You never want to give up on a player like that. But, you know, the turnaround time for these guys is starting to, you know, it's it's a we-need-you-now type of thing. So, you know, it's no time like the present for McMichael to really seize that opportunity. And I think he has more than enough potential for it, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I hope that next year is finally his season. The big thing is they're going to have to make room for him. Room for him. I don't want him on the fourth line. I don't want him on, a, on the wing. I know that he can play the wing. I mean, he'll play wherever you want. He just wants to, you know, coach, put me in. But I think he would thrive at the center position. But uh, he's got to get more playing time. And I think that's why he has really done such a great job in Hershey because he's had uh, that extra time. So uh, before I let you go here, we have to talk a little bit about the Stingrays as they're making their push for the Kelly Cup. It just seems like uh, this whole organization is going in the right direction here. And, uh, you know, there could potentially be some, um, you know, future talent there as well. Of course, Bear Hughes is no stranger uh, to Capitals fans as he has 23 goals on the season. Kevin O'Neill has 24. Uh, so there is options even down with the, the Stingrays as they make their push for the Kelly Cup. Just some really exciting times for the Capitals organization in general. Uh, and then just taking a look at the netminding situation there. I see here that Mitchell Gibson has been released from his amateur trial to return to Harvard to finish schooling. Uh, what do you know about that? Well, that was kind of the plan for some time, I believe, for Mitchell Gibson. It, just from you know hearing Zach on the radio side talking about him, you know, it seemed like they, they actually had him back up Hershey's second to last game up in Bridgeport, I believe, to kind of get him that experience. But I believe that was always the plan was to, you know, get him into Hershey, kind of get him that experience being in the organization, taking some practices and obviously getting to back up a game before he could go back to Harvard to finish his, his you know, his classes. Joe Snively did the same thing when he came up here. He played for a few games and had a very memorable debut. He scored the game-winning goal, I think, for the Bears in a very important game back in 2019, and then went back to Yale to finish schooling, I believe was uh, was his alma mater there as well. So a lot of, uh, you know, good prospects take that route there to finish their schooling. It's important for him, and, you know, obviously the Bears are well set with goaltenders. They had Garen Bjorklund uh, join them from South Carolina to sort of serve a similar role to what the Capitals do in the playoffs, where they bring in an extra goalie for practice and to keep their, you know, top tandem, you know, together and to take those extra shots, I guess, really, and to get that taste for it too, for sure. So I think that was always the plan. And, you know, he's a guy I'm really excited to see. I'm sure he's most likely going to start in South Carolina where a lot of uh, future Capitals goalies do start, honestly, when they're coming up. So I think that, you know, he's going to be an exciting prospect to watch alongside Bjorklund. So I'm really excited to see those two get the reins next year. Yeah, and I'm excited. You know, again, you know, the Capitals ultimately – 
First time they missed the playoffs in a long time, but the AHL and ECHL affiliates just killing it. And even if you can't make it to the games, they're streaming platforms, which how I plan on watching these games. And I'm really excited to see what these two teams can do in their playoff push. Corey, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to get on and talk about the Caps, the Bears, and the Stingrays. I think that's, like you said, the AHL and the ECHL are exciting times to have there, unlike certain other organizations <laughs> in Pittsburgh, you know, that their whole organization missed. I think it's a sign of strength that, you know, the Bears and the Stingrays are doing well in representing. But I'm over on Twitter at HBH Nation blog over on Twitter. You can see below me there, my other Twitter account is at FPH Bears. I kind of combine those two platforms to, you know, bring total coverage. I would say the Bears Nation blog is kind of my main one, to be honest with you. And you can follow my personal account over at CSWA11 over on Twitter. So it's a kind of complete package of three different outlets for me there, for sure. Corey, thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. When you're using your podcatcher of choice, if it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button. Then when you're done there, head on over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button so we can get those subscribers up, up, up. And I have you guys to thank. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And I'll talk to you again next time.